Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hi there, everyone. I'm Fox News Root Barrage. On the February 1st edition of Let It Rip, we talked to Pete Hoekstra, the new head of the Michigan GOP. Even as Christina Caramo claims she's the same chair, they're actually at the same RNC meeting. So who has the keys to the car, so to speak? We're talking to Pete. Also coming up tonight, Joe Biden, the president, in town talking about the UAW endorsement that he is so happy about. Why some people say it doesn't matter who gets the endorsement, the rank and file will vote as they please. We'll take a closer look. And with that, let's let it rip. Tonight on Let It Rip, the state GOP has a new leader, but here's a catch. The old chair still thinks she's in charge. And all of this turmoil comes weeks ahead of the presidential primary in Michigan. The new chairman, Pete Hoekstra, is with us tonight on Let It Rip. Tonight, why he says he's the only one to bring the party together. But first. You are the best workers in the world. That's not hyperbole. Joe Biden. President Biden in Metro Detroit today with the UAW's endorsement in his back pocket, but some auto workers say that support is not unanimous. Our Let It Rip panel doesn't see eye to eye on whether Trump or Biden is better for workers. That debate starts now. And so time now to let it rip with Democratic Congresswoman Debbie Dingell, fresh off the visit from, of course, President Biden in town. Oakland University political science professor Dave Dooley has been getting a lot of national attention the last few days because of all eyes on Michigan. And live via Skype, auto workers for Trump 2024 founder Brian Pennebecker. Fox 2 anchor and attorney Charlie Langton with us as well. Uh, you've been busy on the streets. We've been all talking about the same thing, which is, of course, this big endorsement that by many means wasn't a big surprise. But, Brian, I'm going to begin with you and ask you what you thought about this endorsement as the UAW puts its weight behind Biden and 400,000 potential voters out there. Um, it made Trump a little angry, wouldn't you say? Yeah, well, tr Donald Trump knows he did a lot for the auto workers. He came to Macomb County and asked for their support and largely got it. The rate, you know, Macomb County is the home of the Reagan Democrats. Donald Trump's aware of that. Um, Donald Trump's policies, his energy policies, his economic policies overall, uh, really benefited middle class working people like the UAW members. So I think the endorsement, uh, something that was kind of interesting about it, that it took so long to happen. I didn't really expect Sean Fain to ever endorse Donald Trump. So when he announced he was endorsing Joe Biden, I wasn't surprised. But I want to say one thing about that group. Yeah. When he makes an endorsement, he's not bringing the votes of the UAW members because they largely uh, ignore that endorsement. Well, what he's bringing is the foot soldiers to go out and hand out literature on behalf of the candidate. Okay, well, let's talk about that for a moment, and we'll go right to Congresswoman Dingell about that one. Uh, back in 2016, the union had then uh, basically said that uh, he believed that 28% of the more than 415,000 members at the time, 28% in 2016 voted for Donald Trump, despite the UAW endorsing the opponent. Do these numbers actually shake out? Do you think the rank and file is really going to listen to Sean Fain? So I'm going to start here. Just remember who told you all in 2015 and 2016 
because I was in those union halls that Donald Trump could win and then would win. Mm -hmm. So Brian's not wrong. But I'm going to tell you the difference or what I see now. President Fain took a long time compared when he laid out the endorsement of the candidates, contrasted the two and why he made that decision. And now the job is, it, it's not enough to say we endorse, is to get in every union hall. It's not just taking the paper, Brian, as you said, but really talking to people about what the difference is, what this, why their vote makes a difference, and what will happen if this man gets elected versus this but man. If I may Congresswoman, 28 percent, that's almost three out of 10. I believe that happened. In 2016. I totally believe what, it. What has changed to help Biden? Well, for starter, you had a president that came and walked a picket line. You have a president that cared about the fact that the union workers gave in 2008 and had not ever been compensated for many of the things that they gave up. You had the temporary employees that were working for eight to 10 years. You had two-tiered wage systems. This is a man who's bringing jobs. Donald Trump understood something. He understood that everybody was tired of seeing their jobs shipped overseas. But Joe Biden's brought the jobs back home. You think so, Donald Trump did anything good for the auto workers while he was in office? I think he talked a good game. But I'm not somebody, I think a lot of people don't like to hear people on Christmas Day say rotten hell, talk about poisoning our blood, or call people vermin. All right, so Dave Dulio, here we are uh, with this, you know, again, looking at the 2016. In this day and age, does history even repeat itself, or do we look at every four years as completely fresh? Well, there's, there's some reason to uh, look back at history and take some lessons from it, but there's also uh, the dynamics of 2024 that make it very unique. And, and I think the, the fact that we have uh, two presidents, right, one sitting, one former, that are trying to get back in the Oval Office makes it uh, not in, it not totally unheard of, because we've had that in the past, but uh, it's certainly unique for modern times. I don't want to stoke the flames right away here, but let's stoke the flames right away here. Uh, Brian Pennebecker, uh, listen, here's the deal. Trump is angry about this. At one point, the former president said, I really don't need the endorsement. I don't care. And then all of a sudden, he cared. And then out of there, he comes out and says that this auto industry, I'm going to bring it back it's a disaster. Joe Biden has spoiled it. General Motors just posted a $12.4 billion profit line after losing $900 million to a strike. And on top of that, Barry Barra is smiling ear to ear about how well the company is doing after giving raises of 25% to its workers. Obviously, it worked. Is there a problem with what, I, what Biden supported and what Fain wanted to do and what, what he ended up uh, getting done? Group. I've never uh, uh, defended the high salaries of the people like Mary Barra. I've never denied the fact that the auto companies, all three of them, have made huge profits. That really has nothing to do with the uh, endorsement that Sean Fain gave to uh, Joe Biden. The but Joe Biden, Joe Biden took part in taking part in that protest and actually supported Fain. He aligned oh, he, himself. He with showed Fain. up for a photo op. He showed up for a photo op. Is what he did. He drove inflation super high, the highest it had been in 40 years. People can't afford to get fill their gas tank, go to the grocery store. And then he thinks showing up at the picket line and walking for 15 seconds All right, and but, getting a few pictures but, but, taken but up is going to get... But Donald Trump showed up at a non-union shop and hung out there. Isn't that a PR stunt as well? Drake... Drake Enterprises, which is about two miles from my house, it's right at Gratiot and Hall Road, um, they put about 500 auto workers and uh, retirees in there at that facility. and. That isn't that is a, a PR a tier stunt, one Brian? Supply. Isn't that a PR stunt as well? No, he Donald actually Trump? came and spoke. 
he actually came and spent about two and a half hours there with the auto workers. What's the difference uh, he between what spend... Joe Biden did and Donald Trump did on that in, in that week? Uh, Donald Trump came there to contrast his record during four years in the Oval Office and compared to the time that Joe Biden's been in the office, talking about things like Dave, you're shaking inflation, oil, oil exploration, gas prices, okay. reliance issue, on Chinese is always, batteries. But, Brian, if the issue is whether or not the UAW leadership will support the Democratic president, I think the answer is a very easy yes. Give me any in history, going back to Walter Ruther, do they ever support a Republican candidate for president? I don't know if they did. Did they? Maybe back, maybe Hoover's. I don't even know. I don't think so. Anyway, well, Charlie, so it's, not that, it's not that shocking, though. It's not that shocking. It's not shocking at all. But, Charlie, what, what I'm saying is you have to make a distinction between Sean Fain and the UAW leadership and the 400,000 UAW members, 150 or 160,000 their auto workers, and and, and those people do not support Joe Biden. You brought up a 20-some percent figure, Roop. I think the number was more like in the low 40s. The people I worked with at the Ford Sterling plant, uh, about half of them voted for Donald Trump in but 2016. I'm going to vote Democrat. Do you, believe, Brian, do you believe, Brian, that Donald Trump believes for union workers that retirement security, better wages, and health care are critical pieces? Do you think he gets it? Does he understand kitchen Table politics. Does he understand what the yeah. working man is going Donald through? Donald Trump absolutely gets it. Sean Fain did a good job of Do negotiating this most recent contract. I, I don't have a problem with that. The, the UAW had been getting beat up by the companies for two or three contract cycles. They'd given away, uh, Debbie mentioned two-tier wages, part-time auto workers. Yeah. That had all been negotiated by the UAW, not by Donald Trump. But, okay, so go ahead. I want to make a point then. That's exactly why this endorsement means something. Thing. This president, Fain, doesn't put his name on something. He spent a long time. He did not endorse when uh, he was under enormous pressure, too. People were mad at him, you know, White House, etc. But President Fain doesn't put his name on anything. He is going to talk to his workers. He's not going to put political pressure. He's going to give them the facts, and he's going to go and you know. Dave, how, how important are these endorsements? Well, I, I think in some ways they're not right now, and in other ways that they are, right? I think. Um, this is such an interesting and unique situation that we have with these two candidates. Um, and they've both been around for such a long time that people know where they stand on Joe Biden and they know where they stand on Donald Trump. So is, you know, how much is this going to move the needle? Um, probably not a whole lot, but it might be just enough in a state that is so competitive, right? Uh, Joe Biden wins in 2020 by 154,000 votes, right. that's not that big of a margin. And and with some of the other dynamics that are at play right now, you know, you lose a little bit more of that union vote, you lose a little but bit more of that blue collar vote, and it, it becomes difficult. Doesn't this show that there is an importance of a union endorsement? I mean, President Trump, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he's talking to the Teamsters right he's now. He's looking for their so endorsement they, right now. He wants to take, listen, and he unions are it. important. Unions, I think, because of Sean Fain, give him credit, they, he did a great job for the worker and there's a lot of workers out there more workers voters than the one percenters and Trump's not dumb he knows that so we can't give the UAW that's history but maybe the Teamsters I'm I'm gonna gonna bet that he doesn't get the Teamsters in the end I don't know. and I'm gonna tell I'll make a bet with you right here right now but I want to say How that much? an endorsement only <laughs> 
means something if you go out and show why it means something mm. and you work it and you work your membership and you put meaning behind it and I'll make you this bet the UAW is going to put meaning behind that. I'll tell you right now one thing that there was a lot of talk about and that one that perhaps Sean Fain and Donald Trump could agree on is the emphasis on electric vehicles during the negotiations he was very concerned Absolutely. about that. Are you at all concerned about electric cars putting workers out of work because of this drive to do this? I have two viewpoints on this. Well, two different. I've got, you got to look at the whole picture. We should not, we've got to make sure the infrastructure is there to support it. It's not. Uh, but I'm going to, it's got to get built out more and they got to make sure they're investing to do it. There's no, you got to get the chargers out there. You've got to, but I'm not going to let China outcompete us. I, we, in, in the 1970s, we were not ready. The domestic companies weren't ready when gasoline prices went up. Japanese were building smaller cars. We lost a decade to a foreign country. And I'm going to keep this country, well, this state, do, at the forefront of innovation. How do you do that? How do you do that? To, China to, is pouring money to Trump's, into electric to Trump's vehicles. Point, to Trump's point right now, he actually says, look, uh, all this money is going to China. we got to get rid of this dope. He called President Biden a dope and said, vote for me, because here's the deal. The electric batteries in all of these cars, so many of them are made in China. That's not changing overnight. Well, we need to make them here. And the work is beginning to be done. China's spending a fortune investing in all of this R&D. we got to do public-private partnships and invest and keep but, our but, but they're buying the cars today. Isn't that a problem that we're buying the cars right now, today? You can still the money get, goes I don't, Go ahead. No, I'm, there's a there's a parallel between 2016 and 2024, right? Donald Trump came to uh, Macomb County and Michigan, other communities, and, and said in 2016, "I'm going to renegotiate NAFTA. I'm going to get us out of TPP." And he did both, right? And and yeah. NAFTA is an incredibly important and salient issue uh, for folks and for union workers in Macomb County who blame tough economic times on that on that law. So ask Ross Perot; he'll tell you very and, much. And so. And so, so, yeah. so if Trump is going to come and talk to talk to workers. Here in in Michigan, and I think he probably will very soon. Uh, you know, you might <laughs> yes. see some similar. Um, you might see some some similar messaging on. That. We have to go, but I want to thank our panel for joining us. We have a lot more to talk about in the game of politics. Congresswoman Dingle, after a busy day with the president, back here in this chair from Air Force One to the Let It Rip set. We appreciate you joining us, Dave Dulio. You'll join us on the other side of the break. Brian Pennebacker, always good to see you. Bring back some sun from Florida. Uh, still ahead, who's in charge of the state GOP? It depends on who you ask. Christina Karam says it's her, but Pete Hoekstra was voted in, and guess what? He's joining us next, talking about why he's the one to bring the frustrated party back together. That debate, when we come back. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, back now, let it rip, talking about the new leadership at the Michigan Republican Party. The new chairman, Pete Hoekstra, is with us now, as his former Democratic state representative, Leslie Love, for the Democratic perspective, and Oakland University political science professor, Dave Dulia, who uh, drives it right down the middle to talk about what we should be thinking about this <laughs> stuff. And Fox 2 anchor and attorney, Charlie Langton, a man who rarely sleeps, and uh, I think you got a couple hours last night, so you could bank that couple, for this show. Couple, right? Glad you're with us. Uh, all right, guys, before we get into the conversation, I want to show you this screen 
screen grab real quick here from the state Republican Party's website. This was just a few hours ago, taken this Thursday evening, still showing Christina Caramo as chairwoman. She says she's still the chair, and the vote to oust and replace her was not done according to the bylaws on January 6th. Um, Ambassador Hoekstra, you look at this right now, and you kind of go, as you know, as a, as a good viewer at home is watching this, going, what in the heck is going on here with this party? Why does the website still have Karamo's face on it if you're the chair? Well, Christina still uh, controls the website. Uh, she controls the, the bank books and those types of things. Not a bad position to be in. Uh, but, you know, we're here in uh, Las Vegas. Christina and I are both are, are here. Uh, the RNC has provided a preliminary uh, review of the process that happened on January 6th to remove her for performance or lack of performance. Uh, they've indicated that they believe all the bylaws uh, have been passed. Uh, they've removed her name as the chairwoman of the Michigan Republican Party from their website. They're going to do a deeper dive. They understand how important this is. When do you get, uh, when do you get expect, the keys to this car? When do you finally get the, the <laughs> bank account? Well, I think the RNC will make uh, an adjudication of you know who they recognize as the chairperson probably uh, sometime next week. Then with the state committee having acted, the president uh, having made a very, very clear statement as to who he prefers in the job and who he wants in the job, and then the RNC speaking, uh, you would think that the keys would be coming over relatively quickly. Uh, so right now, you contend you are the chair of the Republican Party in the state of Michigan. I contend that, yes, uh, I am the chair. Uh, like I said, we're waiting for the final verification from the National Republican Committee. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're, we're very hopeful. Uh, and we expect that that decision, that is the decision that they will uh, make that I'll, I am the chair. I want to get to our panel here in a second, but while we have yeah. you, you're, you're the biggest get really in this town right now. <laughs> I, I have to ask you one more question. I mean, when you when you zoom out and you look at what's happening with your party, um, do you shake your head and are you embarrassed by the happenings of the last few weeks, last few months? Well, you know, it's depending on uh, you know how you define the party. Uh, if I'm taking a look at grassroots uh, Republicans who really don't go to party events and those types of things, they're just home. They're, you know, they're working. They're taking care of their families and and those types of things. Uh, they're fine. Okay, they have uh, two cheerleaders out there every day, getting them enthused and getting them ready for November. Uh, you know, they're Joe Biden and Gretchen Whitmer, and then you have this organization that is called the Michigan Republican Party. Uh, yeah, I'm disappointed by what's going on there. That's why I said I would take on this responsibility uh, through the election, uh, because we owe it to Republican voters. We owe it to the voters of Michigan to put our platform out there uh, and trust the voters of Michigan to make a decision, uh, you know, and we need sure. to be effective in getting that message out. Uh, and obviously, for the last 12 months in Michigan, we have not been. All right, Dave Dulio, uh, you've been looking at politics for more than three decades uh, as a professional. You watch this unfold and you hear now, uh, by the way, we invited um, former chairwoman Christina Caramo to come on the show, uh, and she said she was otherwise engaged. Um, she says it's business as usual for chairwoman Caramo, her spokesperson said. She looks forward to the MIGOP district convention on March 2nd. Um, have you ever seen anything like this? No, 
It's uh, it's it's unusual. It's uh, something we've never seen before. It's uh, it, it, we're charting a new course, right? It seems like we, we can say that just about every week in uh, in American politics these days, in Michigan politics these days. So uh, sort of more of the same, if you if you will, in terms of um, crazy stuff that happens. Miss Love, when you look at this as a Democrat, who wins? Ooh. <laughs> Who's benefiting from this? I, honestly. It is really good to have a great competing, I'm not competing, mm. but um, opponents, right? opponents yeah. in this process. Because we're not always right and neither one of us is always wrong. And so that give and take is really, it suits us uh, well. And it's just unfortunate that Miss um, Karamo is, is getting tossed aside. She definitely has a following. And um, I think she's a perfect pupil of the former president's playbook. Um, she's denying elections. She's uh, she's not going anywhere. She's do you defiant. Wish, do you so, wish that she was still the chair, in a sense? Oh, I, I, I don't have any wishes <laughs> on for or against the Republican Smart Party. Answer. But um, listen, they went, and in all due respect to the congressman, um, they had to go back to the congressman. And I, and I think the Republican Party is just in a, a pickle right now and trying to figure out their direction and who their leader is. Charlie Langton, you're the me. lawyer at the table. A January 6th meeting, Christina Caramo said the meeting in which they voted her out was illegitimate and they didn't follow the bylaws, therefore she's still the chair. Uh, legally speaking, what does the, the, the RNC have to do here to look at this, to hand the keys over to the gentleman who's sitting with us here today? Well, I think, I think the, uh, the RNC, I think the National Committee will make a decision, but I think Christina Caramo, Assuming she loses, I think she'll try to take it to court on some, you know, contract issue, on some due process issue, whatever it may be. So, you know, the real winner here, I think, is going to be the Democrats. I think they're laughing about this. And the reality is, is that, you know, it's too bad that the Republicans can't get together because I think we do want a, a vibrant uh, party in bo on both sides. We want people that are, you know, don't dispute who your leadership is, dispute on the issues of the day. And I think, I think the ambassador, congressman, I think, you know, is a good choice. I think he is. Is, uh, the type I don't know him well. We, we've met a couple times, but I think he's son to to make the party unite. That's the object of a good leader. And I don't think Christina Crom. I said it to her when she was here uh, that she's not doing it. She should be out. Ambassador, let me ask you this: When you look at what's going on and how it's is all unfolding right now, does it does the average person, our good friends who are Fox Two viewers who may be on the fence, do they even care who the the the, the chair of the MIGOP is, or do you think it doesn't even matter to them? I think for the vast majority of, of them, it does not matter. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, I'm glad they brought me back in. They took me off the bench or whatever. But, you know, I'm not on the ballot. Okay, my job is to help orchestrate uh, the messaging for the Republican Party so that the younger faces in our party uh, will be out front and they will have the proper support uh, necessary to, to get their message out. And as I think a number of you have said, is to then have informed voters going to the polls this fall. You know, I'm in the background. This is yeah. not a glamorous job. It's sure. hard work. And uh, but, you know, uh, I think I think I'm up to it. And it's, it's really what Republicans, I think, across the board want. Dave Dulio. Yeah. You know, Charlie mentioned that the former congressman is a, is a good choice. And and I, I, I don't have a dog in this fight either, but I, I would agree. <laughs> and it, it's it's mainly because of, of the answer that he just gave. Right. Where it's not about me. I'm in the background. I'm here to support candidates and help voters make a decision uh, in, in terms of our messaging and, and hopefully provide uh, a, a strong reason to for voters to support Republican candidates. Right. That's that's 
that's the the job of a party chair to to be in that support role. And and I you know I also think too that, that there's a chance here that that. And I'm sound like his publicist, but the uh, yeah, thank you. Is, uh, Doing good work. He, he's kind of got a foot in both in both camps, right? He's he's, he's he? certainly got the support of uh, the former of the former president, right? That he came out with a strong endorsement. Sure. But he's also, you know, to go back to his time as a, a member of the House of Representatives, he's he's a link to that. And he may not like this this uh, word, but the more establishment wing of the party, right? Which is really what has to happen if Republicans. And that's the problem. But isn't that what we that's need? Isn't problem. that what we need, Leslie? That, that's the problem for Republicans. That's, he represents the establishment, and Christina represents grassroots. Christina is everything Holstra is, except she doesn't have any money. And so, if she had the money, she would be running this GOP party. Well, okay, Ambassador uh, Holstra, <laughs> what about the voters out there who are both Republican and one Republican? Republican thinks that uh, Trump won the election and that Biden was illegitimate. And then you have another group that says, you know what, Biden won, and I'm going to complain about inflation, but I still support Trump. Where do you fall on that? And how do you, as the head of the Michigan GOP, go about with a narrative about who won the last election? What do you believe? I don't talk about the 2020 election. We've had a president in office now for more than three years. You know, this is about 2024 making a choice between two very, very different visions for America. You know, this is not about relitigating 2020. This is about moving forward uh, and for voters making a decision into what direction they want to go. It you know, we've it, got the crisis. Sorry, you said we got the crisis on the border, but the crisis on the border. We've had inflation. Uh, we've got the, uh, you know, what's going on in the Middle East and Ukraine. I, I don't think there could be a clearer choice moving forward rather than taking a look in the rearview mirror. If former President Trump is convicted of anything and found guilty of anything, 58% of people who are polled said they would not vote for him. Does that concern you? Sure, it concerns me. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, elections are about winning. Uh, they're not about running a good race and losing. You want to win an election. Uh, you know, I don't think the president's going to be convicted uh, of a felony. I think that... Uh, you know, we're going to go forward uh, and we're going to have two very, very, you know, we're going to have a chance to get different final. candidates, yeah. you know, different candidates. Uh, and the voters, the voters will make this choice. It's not going to be the courts. And it's up to the people on the other side of this camera. And uh, Ambassador Hookstra, stick with us for a quick moment here. Don't sign off. We're going to come back on the other side of the oh, break with okay. final thoughts. We'll be right back. Final thoughts, Ambassador Hookstra. The best days for America, as always, are still in front of us. Leslie Love. Well, first, happy Black History Month. Yes, indeed. And we do have an excellent presidential choice in Joe Biden. So don't listen to anything <laughs> this guy says. Dave, Dave Dulia. <laughs> By election day in, in November, uh, all of this nonsense with the Republican Party in Michigan uh, is just a blip on the radar screen, and it's going to be down to who the voters are going to choose, Donald Trump, Joe Biden. Charlie I, I agree with the professor. It's going to be the Biden or Trump, and pick your, pick your president. Here well, we go. whatever you are, red or blue, the point is to get out there and vote. Make yes. sure you do it no matter what. That does it for this edition of Let It Rip. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
the Let It Rip discussion continues online. Sound off on Facebook, X, formerly Twitter, or fox2detroit.com.